Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Brush of the Word Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly J. Brush Fraser. Thanks for joining us. This week's guest is Grammy-nominated music producer and performer Nicolay. As one half of the music project The Foreign Exchange with Fonte, who you know from the hip-hop group back in the day, Little Brother, and co-founder and co-owner of the record label by the same name, The Foreign Exchange, Nicolay has been able to foster a music career as an independent artist for well over a decade now. Um, during our talk, during our interview, we, were, we talked about what it takes to be an independent artist when the music industry is always changing. We also talked about the unique community that the foreign exchange has been able to create, especially with their live shows. And if anybody doesn't know, in the past, I've uh, opened probably about three uh, foreign exchange shows as the opening DJ in Detroit. Yeah, and we talk about all that because we have history. We also get into the making of Nicolay's newest project. It's called Glaciers. It's a solo project that he did with uh, the North Carolina-based band, The Hot at Nights. And we'll explain who The Hot at Nights are because uh, they're a, they're kind of a jazz funk band that uh, a few of the members, I think one still is a part of the touring backup band for the Foreign Exchange. So let's get into my chat with Nicolay. Ah, really good, dude. It's kind of been um, just, it's just been a whirlwind, man. Like we've been really just working really hard uh, the the first three months of the year between you know just like Fonte's record and then my record. It's just been um, it's just been crazy. It's kind of been like old times in a way, you know. It had, it it had been a while that we had like a couple of releases, kind of more back to back, and um, you know, so it's just it's just a t- feeling of like general exhaustion, but also just you know. 
the satisfaction that it's that it's finally out, that it's behind you. You know what I'm saying? That you just put something else out there in the ether. So it just just exhausted, but really, really, really happy. You know, just in general with with the record and just what we're doing with the label right now. Yeah, for a minute there, uh, you know, you guys were sort of like on the low. Foreign exchange was kind of on the low working on stuff you know what was sort of the plans during that time because it seems like yeah 2018 you got Fonte's record then you just uh released uh your record with Hot at Nights uh the Glacier um, album you know what was sort of the the plan with all of this well I think we really um truth be told man like we really needed to sort of um I think we needed to sort of disappear for a little bit like we did um so we did the last foreign exchange album which was the uh, the tales, uh, tales of um, what the hell the fuck that was tales. I'm gonna just call it tales. Tales from the land of milk and honey. Jesus, <laughs> I'm finally starting to wake up. But um, and, you know where we had the the massive show at the uh, Majestic Theater, like you know that was just in a lot of ways like sort of that time for FE was a really strong time. Yeah. Because we were doing like some really big shows and and like really. Just, you know, making a mark that way. But the album kind of didn't really do as well. And so it really kind of, um, you know, I guess with everything going on and, and also with Fonte being like ridiculously busy with like a myriad of um, projects, you know, from obviously the Questlove Supreme, you know, podcast on Pandora to like him being involved with TV shows. Um, you know, that in itself became just sort of like its own thing. And then so with the album not doing super great, we were like, well, let's just kind of let's just for for um, for just at least a little while, just kind of um, maintain a lower profile, you know. And um, we had been really kind of going strong, dude, really ever since 08, truth be told, you know. So I think for us in general, I think it might have been a moment where just people were getting so familiar with us maybe that like you know we were just we felt like we needed to disappear again for uh, for a little bit and obviously Fonte had um announced his album a while ago uh initially and it just again like it just kind of didn't really happen due to the, the the general busyness of his schedule but um you know him and I were essentially just kind of slaving away on on each of our solo uh, records over the last couple of months to like half a year and um and you know kind of kind of getting that sort of itch uh scratched if you will you know before we kind of um reform back like uh, voltron <laughs> during that time you know during that time you guys were like kind of staying low was there anything that you felt like you needed to reassess anything you needed to change about the whole grand grand scheme of foreign exchange um, yes, but not necessarily, not necessarily because of that time. More in general, like we've just been over the last few years, we have been really needing to, um, you know, we've had to really kind of figure out all these major developments in the music business and, and how that works out for us specifically, you know, from seeing, um, disappear, uh, a CD slowly disappearing to, uh, now downloads kind of being on the way out you know, the whole streaming model and everything. Um, I mean, truth be told, we have to kind of readapt like pretty much every couple of years, man, because the, the changes are so rapid that as a music company where our primary product obviously is, is the content, um, 
it, it seems like almost every month, like something major shifts and, and all of those shifts in themselves affect, you know, obviously our income directly because we're, we're independent, you know? So, um, that's been just in general, just on the business level, kind of something that we honestly have to reevaluate sort of like every year. It's just like, Hey, what have we been doing? And is this still the smartest way to do it? And, um, and so, even even you'll see some sort of uh, some sort of like um, outcome of that is kind of just how we've recently been releasing the albums where we go digital first and then we follow it up with a uh, with a physical release later is just kind of our re- response to um, you know it's our our adaptation if you will to the changing landscape where you know you just notice that people have less and less attention for new things. So, yeah, I mean, we have to kind of figure that out, like, as we go, you know? Yeah, you've been sort of a part of this sort of independent music industry thing since you first started uh, putting out records. Like, And I've known you since those early years, you know, through, you know, when I was still doing the Renaissance Soul website. Like, I yeah, know, yeah. I know you since before you were putting out records. You know, what was sort of like the... Your idea, your reasoning about sort of just going independent, you know, from the get-go, did you think that you'd still be doing it independent all these years later? Yeah, I think I think I knew from from early on that um well let, let me put it this way. I think with us, you know, you you a lot of people ask us like how successful is this, how successful is that, how successful are you? And, and truth be told, for myself as well as for Fonte, I think because of our very humble beginnings, our main focus has always been just to make music. And and the fact that that somehow just kind of, you know, that we were able to turn it into something that um, didn't lose money. Because, I mean, we're not, we're not by any means rich, but we definitely have no complaints. Um I think all of that for us just kind of solidifies the fact that it's just like that truly for us is what we always wanted. You know, we were guys that we just love music. We were music fans and we just couldn't think of anything better to do like all day long, you know? And, <laughs> and so that is still true to this day. I think that, I think that we're very much in it for the music. And that essentially also means that you can't really, um, you can't let you can't allow to let yourself be bent by any kind of wind, you know. So that automatically, in our case, meant that any type of other label situation is kind of like almost you can't really even imagine it because it just we would never get the the creative freedom that we want or even the financial freedom, you know. We really like making our own moves and and deciding where we go without somebody telling us like why it may be a bad idea or why it may be a good idea um you know so i think i think that independence man that freedom i think once you've sort of tasted that it's very hard i think to give that up you know and and especially for us we don't really make the type of music where i can see this sort of being like something that that really kind of would blow up on a major level you know, because it's just it's just a little bit too edgy for it, you know, so we've never really even had that sort of um, motivation, you know, to really kind of look in, in that direction. If anything, we just like to um, kind of sort of independently push this as far as we go. From your perspective, 
you know, for anybody out there that were, was thinking about going an independent route, uh, not even just in music, anything creative, you know, what sort of actionable items do you feel like you could, you know, people should learn to be able to uh, have somewhat of a successful career in doing what they do creative, but on an independent level like you do? That's a that's a very great question. I mean, I think it I think it goes really to back to the basics in the sense that like somebody like the hardest worker is always going to win. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter if it's the guy in McDonald's like frying the the patties or if it's a a musician who is new to the game trying to build a name up for themselves, the hardest worker is going to win. So, so the, the people that are going to really still be able to kind of make a play for this are people that are hugely social media savvy, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, you know, whatever is the, the, the newest thing of the newest times, like people that are incredibly savvy, not just with their music, but with, with social media, with video, with visuals, with Facebook live streams. That's honestly what it's going to take for new people, I think, at this point, whether it's music or, hell, writing or, or anything that you'd want to kind of put out there. You know, you're fighting for attention with so many different things across the spectrum, whether it's mainstream media like television or, or whether it's independent media, that honestly, the person that is going to persevere is the person that outworks everybody else. It's just a matter of sheer work ethic. You know, talent, yes, talent is a big deal. If you don't have talent, like, you probably shouldn't even really start doing any of this stuff. But ultimately, <laughs> talent is not going to help you across the finish line. Like, as, as, as ironic as that sounds, the work ethic is, like, 75% of the equation. 20% is luck. And like 5% is talent. When you're a creative, but you're also pretty much your own boss, what sort of inner accountability do you need to be able to sort of persevere through all the obstacles? Um, I would say the number one rule that Fonte and myself have kind of just maintained for ourselves is to never do any vanity projects. Like never do... Never indulge ourselves in stuff that is just over the top, you know? Like, you will not see... We don't have fancy business cards. We don't have, like... it. it, it anything that you see from us, whether it's CDs or, or vinyl or, or anything, um, you know, you would never see us sort of, like, flex beyond our means. And I think that's just a really important thing, is, like, if you want to be successful right now as a musician... Like, yes, man, like that album might be dope in your mind. And yes, you may want to press like 5,000 copies. You know what I'm saying? But like, truth be told, it, it's much more about knowing, knowing your worth. You know what I'm saying? And knowing how to scale into that. And it's, it's again, these are, these are conversations that I have a lot of times. And, and it, it, like, like most of these things, there's not really one good solid answer. Um, you know, like I said earlier, um, luck is a, is a, is a pretty big part of it. And in, if you would tell my story to anybody, you'd have to acknowledge the fact that there was a little bit of luck involved, you know what I mean? Or you could call it 
divine intervention or coincidence or fate. I mean, it's kind of whatever you believe in, but I'm not going to say that you don't need a little bit of that, you know? Let's talk about that, that idea of luck. Has there, is there anything that um, sticks out in your mind, some events, some moments in time that you would point to, hey, that was very lucky, and it kind of pointed your career in a whole other direction? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there have been several. You know, I think, I think the, very, the very first moment that I would sort of like pinpoint as like a sort of a, um, a direct this was well before you would call anything a career, you know, but, but a direct sort of moment, if you had to draw out a timeline of, of Nicolay and how he got to where he got, like the very first dot out, you know, outside of me being born and shit, uh, uh, is like, I started, I started going to school. Well, I started going to university, you know, in Amsterdam when, um, when I reached about that age and obviously I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. So I started, I applied for a musicology, you know, see, seeing as though I wanted to do something in music, I might as well do that. But it quickly turned out that like studying musicology at the university is about as exciting as watching fucking grass grow. You know? <laughs> it's just like there's a bunch of old guys tell, talking about Bach and 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 just old shit and classical shit. And and I and I love all of that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a big head when it comes to classical music but there was like zero room for stuff like jazz or even something like frank zappa or you know just stuff that was kind of a little more just beyond all that so it was just kind of a drag honestly but i met this dude there who was one of my fellow um students and he was a guitar player and like he was like a ridiculous guitar player like and i'm talking i'm really not a hyper uh you know, just like one to hype shit up, but this guy is, and it's like a a monster, like a, a very much like an incredible guitar player, electric guitar player, really good like rock soloing dude, but also just strong funk chops. And I met him, and I, you know, I fucked with him, and so it was kind of cool. We hung out, and he invited me at some point to audition for his band, and he knew. You know, I had I um I played bass. You know, that was kind of my thing back then. I played bass, and um, and their bass player had just left, cause like honestly, their group was terrible. Like group was really bad. Like don't this is not like a glamorous story per se. Group group was really bad, and the bass <laughs> player had left because he was really too good for the group. And so he was like, "Fuck this shit. I'm I'm finding something better." And uh, and everybody's still friends to this day so it's all good but that's just kind of what it was he was like look this is not really doing it for me and so he uh he got me to audition and um and like they gave me the job like i, I became the bass player for this uh funk band and um and and that kind of like looking back now obviously that was a really big moment for me when i started playing with people and and doing shows at some point and the various kind of early stages of of trying to record and and so this was like mid 90s you know so that was definitely a moment where you can say like that was truly just one of those moments and obviously a little while later coming across Fonte wasn't was an equally if not more so kind of turnaround moment that obviously turned my whole fucking life like upside down like literally you know whether it's where I am like geographically at this point or what I'm doing or 
like all of that changed when I met him, obviously. Yeah, your musical relationship that you uh, made with Fonte also coincides with with this change you made from moving from uh, Amsterdam to the States. You know, what was sort of your, um, you know, what was going on during that time? You know, how were you able to make that transition geographically successfully? Uh, man, it was a it was a big deal. It was a very um, it was like it was a big deal. You know, like I so basically what happened was you know, Connected did really good. And, and so that sort of kind of woke up like a bunch of sleeping dogs and, and BBE, which was the label that, um, that released Connected, they just, they kind of saw like, this could be, they had, they had a lot of foresight, like looking back, I think we have to really give BBE the props. If anything, that they just really knew that shit the minute they saw it with, with, um, not only with us, but in general with a bunch of kind of more cutting edge shit like that in those years, you know, they, they right. knew, they knew what it was. So they, they wanted, you know, me to do some solo records and stuff. And so I signed with them to do the here album, you know, this is like, um, in Oh six, something like that. And simultaneously they were like, look, man, like, you know, this shit is going well and you just kind of keep traveling back and forth. Like, we can sponsor you for, uh, for a visa for extraordinary, uh, ability, which is uh, ironically the same visa that Melania Trump came into the country on, um, <laughs> which that extraordinary ability is remains to be uh, located, but it's the <laughs> exact same. It's the literally the exact same category. It's the E visa, and it it's it's for scientists and otherwise people that have uh, made their mark in their field, and you have to prove that. You have to like when you apply for a visa. Gosh, man, I think we submitted like hundreds of pages of of reviews of my stuff and just in general people's, you know, letters of support. You have to get like a letter from the um, American Federation of Musicians, kind of the union, the musicians union, you yeah. know, declaring that you're not coming here and that you will not be taking somebody else's job, that what you're doing is essentially unique and nobody else can do that because that's, that's another requirement. That's why... I get real pissed off, man, when, when people talk about immigration, and especially now, like, people don't know shit about shit. So, like, I get really, really, really fussy, especially when the right be claiming stuff that is just straight up not true. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll be very free about talking about, oh, the chain immigration, like, they bringing in 20 people. Like, I can't bring in 20 people. Like, I can bring in, like, my mom and pops, like, tops, dude. That is it. Like, I can't bring in my brother or my nephew or my cousin. Like, that's just a myth, you know what I'm saying? They like to just tell you that to be, you know, to, to scare people into thinking that. But that's right. just, as an immigrant myself, that's just inherently not true. And another thing is that, like, I definitely have to bend over backwards to prove, you know, this and this and that. And even, you know, obviously they... They um, check your record and stuff, and you go to the embassy and you talk to a damn FBI agent, you know, and you're under oath, you know, in that interview. And if, if you say something stupid, like you might go to jail, <laughs> you know. So, so it's not a, it's not necessarily a joyride, you know. what I'm saying, and that's just just me being a rich white European. I'm not even talking about being a refugee from Syria, you know. What I'm saying, I'm talking about a privileged white man from a, a rich European. I came in, hey, let's get it not twisted, but it, you know, it, it requires a lot and, um, and it worked out. And so I came here in, um, 
in 2006 in the summer and um man I, I i think i didn't really even fully know what i was doing truth be told but we i mean i instantly started you know traveling like i remember hitting detroit like for instance that year i think i know you were there um yeah yeah I've been i around. think <laughs> this was the one with Daz. uh i don't remember where it was but like yeah we i just started traveling right away you know i really wanted to sort of um take advantage of, of finally being here physically and being able to do shows, you know? So I kind of started just straight up into like this rhythm that truth be told, like we haven't really stopped. Yeah. It's been, it's been good times, man. Ever since, you know, you guys have, uh, every time you guys do a big, uh, foreign exchange show, you've been booking me as the, the opening DJ. And those have been some, of my, yeah, yeah. those have been some of my funnest gigs I've ever had. Yeah, man. I, I think, well, I mean, obviously you're a great DJ and I mean, I'm, I'm saying that completely without blowing smoke because I could care less about blowing smoke, as you know, <laughs> but like, you, you know, like our fans that like, but people that have never seen a foreign exchange, so like they don't appreciate like how great our fans are. Like, yes, we are great. Like we're really fucking great, but like our fans, man, like are, I, I, I'm willing to bet that our fans are some of the, the, the best people to have at a show in a venue, whether it's just good vibes or appreciation of music or just people looking their best or whatever. It's just like, it's a whole thing, you know? And so what I love about like our shows is like, we, you know, and we, we get a little bit of um, flack for this, but we don't like to have openers like other bands, you know, because really nine out of 10 times, man, the opener sucks. <laughs> and then you have to just change over the, the, the equipment and then your sound is ass. So you have just sound checked for two hours and like for really no purpose. So we we quickly quickly learned like like, look, we don't need to do that shit because we're going to be looking like funky out there, you know. And so we kind of came up with the concept of the DJ to open and close because it, it's kind of the perfect. Uh, way of sort of setting things up you know it's a dance essentially you know what I'm saying and and the right DJ and and so that's like you in Detroit and I mean we have kind of our we have our fixed DJ in every city like real talk you know you are a Detroit dude and we got really somebody in in every city that sort of understands like what we're about what our fans like and and that can also kind of push it a little bit you know just 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 a DJ I feel like has at least partly a responsibility to um, to push things a little bit and to, to to put one or two records on there that you know might be a little bit new or edgy or otherwise like that's really just but it's always a great vibe you know it's always like and 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 every Detroit show man like from just the you know the the magic stick back in the day to like now the last time the the majestic theater proper like it's just been it's just been sort of like a slow growth where every year or every two years you see there's more people, you know what I'm saying? And that's just been, we just see that across the States, man. And so like, I'm just really proud of, of building that up. Like when you come to a FE show, it's just a fucking party, man, from, from the first minute, because like we got a DJ there that's going to just warm things up to kind of like that cooking point where it's just like, Ooh, and that's when we hit the stage and like, I mean, it's, it's a rep. Like, it's just a rep. I remember even last show when you, when you were playing, like 
Like I, I distinctly remember like the, the last two or three records before we came on, like were relatively like pumpy, like energy records. And it's just like, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> you, can just, you just can just feel people getting ready. You just feel that buzz in the crowd. Like, yeah. right. It's just, I mean, I, I live for that, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's really kind of where the DJ thing came from. It just, it just fits so well. No, a hundred percent. It was just, uh, the crowds that come to a uh, foreign exchange show are just so cool. Everybody just like, they're, they're, they're open to just listening to some cool music and they want to hear different shit. You know, they don't want to yeah. just hear the same old stuff that's on the radio or whatever. You know, they're like, I'll, I'll play just some new shit, some stuff that no one's ever heard yet or whatever. And people will come up, yo, what was that you just played? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm like, uh -huh. oh, this is it, you know? And it, it's super cool, man. And just the vibe is just always like, yeah, I remember at that last show, like, I think towards the end, I just did like a whole little mini, like, segment of like Chicago footwork. And like, uh -huh. <laughs> and like everybody was like loving it. I was like, oh, all right, cool, sweet, you know? So, yeah, and that's, and that's a perfect, I mean, again, like, and it's very important that it's the right DJ. Like, I cannot stress it enough. We've had guys that come out there and play like 60 minutes of like Black Moon and shit like that. And, and you know, that just means like they might be a good DJ in that vocabulary, but they clearly like cannot read just what is going on, you know, because like, yes, hip hop is very much like a, a part of that sort of bouillabaisse that you can grab from, but you're not really, it's not like an underground sort of affair, you know what I'm saying? And there's going to be a lot of women in the house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and like, so it's, it's, it's imperative that a DJ kind of knows like, look, like this can definitely kind of get started from a certain perspective, but at some point the energy is going to have to go up. And, and, and that's, that's why the people that have been with us, like, like you, like, I know that you've done the last, like what, three or four shows. Yeah. Last even, three. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I know that, um, you know, so it's again, once you have a winning formula, man, like don't change the winning team, you know? Yeah. And what's cool is like each of those three times, like I got, I played different sets because it was just like, there is like this openness with, you know, with the crowd there that I can do different things each time. Yeah. And I mean, I know for a fact, and I'm not, again, I'm not just saying this, but like, I know for a fact that we have always had like somebody say something about you, like being dope. Like it's always been like, some people will be tweeting or like, you can always just tell. And trust me, like once you, once we ask you the second time, like, you know, at that point, like, Oh, okay. They like what I'm doing. Like, if we, if we never ask you back, like, that's kind of the review right there. You know, just like, oh, okay, well, maybe not. Cool. Yeah. Um. So you have a new album that uh, you just released. Uh, it's called Glaciers. You did it with uh, the Hot at Nights. Um. Can I explain what this album is and who exactly the Hot at Nights are? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Hot at Nights are a. Um, essentially a, a jazz trio from North Carolina. And um, the, the connection, the link is that two of them play, uh, or like at this point one, but two of them used to um, play in the, in the foreign exchange backing band. So it's guys that, that I've played with for years now. And I've, I've played with them off and on together for projects that I've, that I've released in the past. 
Um, and and I really I really had like itch to scratch when it came to doing a a, a record that that kind of follows in the footsteps of, of some of the stuff that I do on the City Lights records, but like instead of kind of taking the the electronic approach, uh, the dancey approach to really kind of more go into that sort of fusion direction of a, of a live group with a with a drummer and like you know just a, a saxophone and a uh, in this case, a guitarist, bass player, and so um, man, it's just it's just a record that I've see. I hate it when artists say like this is the record that I was born to make because I know it's a crock of fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> at the time. But like really, this is the record that like I wasn't necessarily born to make because I can't judge this shit. But this is really one that I've wanted to make now for at least 10 years. The concept has been in my mind for around 10 years, and and the last five years is. Is was specifically spent like off and on uh, recording and writing this shit, but it, it was just something where I really wanted to kind of do sort of my take on the on the Return to Forevers and the Weather Reports and, and the Steve Miller bands and um, you know some stuff like that, but also but kind of keep it keep it Nicolay though, you know, not not necessarily just doing straight up throwback stuff, but 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 more just kind of kind of taking all of that and combining it and um, and turning it out. And this record, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to kind of gauge. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as proud of this as I've not been in a long, long, long time just because it took so long, you know. it's I've been tinkering on this stuff longer than I've done on most albums I've released in the past. Like, I, I'll tell you, every freaking note, like every hi-hat, every, anything that you would hear has been debated, you know, turned around, like <laughs> alternative tr- takes have been tried. Like it, like literally, it's, it's, it's very different from what you normally hear from us, which has a little bit more kind of like, I think, edge to it. With this, we really kind of wanted to drop sort of a record that was like sort of ready-made to be appreciated by, you know, a, a, a wider audience, if you will. Um, so yeah, man, it's kind of like a, it's an instrumental project, you know, it's instrumental music. It's, it's jazz influence. I wouldn't call it jazz proper because it, it really isn't, you know, I'm, there's not like a ton of notes per se, like all the time. Um, it's just, it's much more kind of vibe heavy record. It's, it's kind of a trippy record, very sort of sixties and seventies influenced. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just really, it's just a, another sort of different, I guess, flavor that I like to put out there, you know, uh, alongside some of the other records. What finally came together with this project to be in, like, where you were able to finally finish it and put it out just now? So the, the major sort of deal that, that happened with this record was that we lost, like, 90% of it in a uh, hard drive crash. Oh. In um, in early 2015, and uh, now everybody's gonna be all like, but obviously Nicolay was such a smart motherfucker had like backups, and that <laughs> was not necessarily the case. <laughs> uh, so like, I mean, long story short, man, like we were we were really close to uh, to getting there, and then we 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 had that um, enormous setback, and it just it. For a while, it was just like, look, why would we even, you know, try again? Because that, that you know, everybody that had, that's had a hard disk failure, whether it's your fucking MP3s or your porn or whatever it fucking is, like, this shit sucks, you know? And if that shit is your own music, 
I'll tell you, it goddamn sucks like 10 times more, you know. And, um, I mean, I went through all the motions, man. I, I sent the drive to, uh, a, you know, a, a, a company that specializes in data, uh, data rescue. And they, like, they hit me back right away. They were like, man, this joint is fucked. <laughs> you know? Damn. Like, it, yeah, it was like like 100% like unrecoverable. Um, so I don't know, man, that, that could, that can be a moment that can either break you or make you, you know what I mean? Like, depending on how you take that, that could be the shit that finishes you or that can be sort of the thing that you said, like, fuck no, like I'm, I'm a just do that shit after all. And that's, that ended up what ended up happening, you know, is that like, okay, I was like, okay, the only thing that that could make sense just spiritually to me is if if I was somehow meant to do an even better job at it, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's kind of like how I just took it as though it just wasn't really strong enough. And so we really started essentially from the ground back up, you know, from the ashes of what was left and had to really redo most of it. And that in itself, you know, obviously took a while. So, so all in all, man, like it's it's just a record where just even it being out into the world itself, outside of what people think or not, you know, is is just a victory of just, I guess, pushing through when uh, when the shit hits the fan, you know. Do you think this record is better than what you originally recorded? Yeah, much better, much much better. So that's why I'm saying like that's. And I'm not really like I'm not su I'm not that sort of like floaty dude. Like I'm I'm very I wouldn't say that I'm even that spiritual as a person. I'm I'm fairly earthy. Um, but this is something where I did sort of feel like, wow, what if this was just the universe telling me that the shit wasn't dope? You know? Who knows? Right. I like to think about things like that. If something like that happens. I feel like there's another reasoning. There's another another avenue I'm supposed to go down. There's something I'm uh, something else I'm supposed to be doing. Has to be. Has to be. You know, because the alternative is too damn depressing. You know, <laughs> like, which is just like, oh well, fuck you, you're fucked. And and that you know, I'm I'm definitely like a skeptical person, probably even a sarcastic person, but that would be too. That would be too grim even for me, you know. So, yeah, I, I took it ultimately as like, okay, that just means like we're going to have to redo it. And and that normally means that it turns out better. There have been instances in the past where you have to redo something and you're just kind of chasing that that thing and you just never really quite capture it again. But honestly, this was this got fucked up to such a point where like we had to do everything all over, you know what I'm saying? We didn't even necessarily have references. Like we had like mixes of stuff that we had been working on, but it was in, in such stages that it, it was far from a complete album when it happened, you know? So we didn't really even have that much of a reference of like what we were trying to do. Um, so it, it, it ultimately became, I think much, much stronger, much stronger. When it comes to, you know, thinking back about your uh, life and career, even if someone who doesn't know who you are, doesn't even listen to your music, is listening to this interview, 
you know, what is it about your life and your story do you think, you know, people can relate to, you know, what, what are some actionable items about your life and career do you think people can apply to their own lives? Well, I'd like to think that, that the, main, the, the main thing that I sort of always kind of, the, the, the gospel that I really preach is that anything you want to have happen, you have to make it happen yourself. And, and that sounds kind of um, easier than it is, and that's probably true. It's a little bit of a cliche, but it, it's true for the most part, is that anything that you want to see happen, you have to make for yourself. There's not going to be anybody along your way that is going to ring your doorbell one morning and be like, hey, man, I, I recognize your talent, and I am going to take you to the top. <laughs> and that... that, that let me put it this way. That happens if you're Rihanna, but that doesn't happen if you're not Rihanna, you know? So, so my first thing is always, man, like anything that you think of, that you dream of, that you sort of vis visualize in your, in your, you know, in your head, in your dreams, whatnot, build it, just do it, just do it yourself. Like, don't ask for anybody else to do it for you. Don't wait because it's like, oh, I don't have the right equipment. You know, I don't have that newest, like, plug-in, so all oh, my shit sounds whack. Like, all of those, that's just all excuses, obviously. You know, like, at this point, we've heard people make records for Kendrick Lamar on damn iPhones and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just really kind of coming back to even what we sort of began the discussion about, is that the, the person that's going to win is the person that's going to outwork you. It's kind of the same thing, man, like, you just you just have to you just have to build your own world. If you want to be a producer, like produce the music that you feel the world needs to hear. You know, if you're a producer but you don't get like any play or you can't find anybody to rap, drop an instrumental project. You know what I'm saying? Like don't don't look at anything as like a, a something that could potentially hold you back, but look at it as how can I just make moves and and that just this ultimately starts by plotting out your own course and and making your own moves and and anything that you want to see happen whether it's making an album or writing a book or just i mean anything like until you start doing it you know it's not going to happen and then there's going to be people that say like well yeah i mean i can write a book but then i have a book then what i mean yes yeah, sure you know but like I mean, hey, put it out. I mean, self-publish that shit. I mean, it, it really is becoming a world where where the people that are sort of like, the people that are sort of like like dominating the, the, the media landscape in terms of the arts are all going to be people that would do it whether they made $5 million or $5. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's people that are doing this shit that you just know, like, that it's it's they breathe it they live it they bleed it they eat it they sleep it they breathe it and they would be doing it for five dollars for five hundred dollars for five million dollars like it's just in their blood and i think i think those are all things to consider you know i think the first question you gotta probably ask yourself is like do i got what it takes you know like how how honest are you about how good your your shit is you know like i i get like hit up by a lot of people that are like yo man i'm 
I want to blow your mind with this next ding I got. And it's just like, man, like nine nine out of ten times, man, minds are not blown. (laughs) You know, like no minds were blown during the making of this video. Right. And it's just like, you know, people look at it, I, I feel like, sometimes in too basic of ways, man. You know, but like, again, it goes back to it. If you want to be what you want to be, you have to build it. If you want to be signed to a label, pretty sure you're going to have to sign your fucking self to your own damn label. Why not? We did it. Definitely. Great advice. Great advice. Uh, each, you know, each time I do uh, an interview for the podcast, I like to uh, close out the interview with the same question. And I did uh, send it to you in, uh, in advance. And yeah. the question is, um, who is somebody that's a part of you, that's been a part of your life or career that I could uh, interview, who I could realistically interview that would have some great stories? Yeah, you definitely send me that in advance, and I didn't really have to think long, man. I mean, realistically, it being a keyword here, um, I'd say my partner Fonte. Like, you could realistically interview him, as in, like that would be. A realistic possibility yeah <laughs> and and i think more than anything more than anybody else i think he would be able to he might be able to tell you more about me than i would even you know <laughs> because i mean it's crazy like we've been you know we we really are two different people yet we are totally the same it's it's a it's a continuous sort of fascination like how how people that grew up on different sides of the uh, ocean, you know, can be so the same. Like we, we grew up, you know, literally a hundred percent, everything was different. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I wasn't like, even to this day, like something that will come up. That's like hella funny to people here. It's like, I came up lis- listening and watching completely different, like TV and radio, you know what I'm saying? So like every now and then there'll be a reference to a movie or a TV that y'all would have all been fucking, beating over the head with growing up and i'm like what is that shit you know and so <laughs> that alone leads to like hilarity like i'm just this sort of like literally kind of coming off the fresh off the boat in a way you know but then random things i'll totally have seen and nobody understands that shit like i'll be like super like hella expert on night rider episodes <laughs> and be like, like what is that you know and so it's that's that's in itself really funny you know fonte and i we're just really this just a a, a very interesting and, and beautiful partnership that kind of again we we can we can call it coincidence or we can call it meant to be i i think i think with with me and fonte it really was like a meant to be situation as as much as i can call it because it just even just how far we've come together you know i think i think had connected sort of been like the the one and only thing and you're just like, okay, that was a fantastic album, but you know, it was a one-time only thing. But it was really the start of just a, a relationship where, I mean, just I'll just be on a on a just a very real practical level. Like, just money alone can fuck up so much shit, dude. Like, money has fucked up many a fucking great music group or yeah. duo or what you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 for us. For us to like trust each other the way we do and kind of work together on everything, and I mean we're we're like so transparent with each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's just the way to do it, you know. Like we 
we this is a 50 50 thing you know what i'm saying like literally you know what i'm saying and so that's just like that in itself is a blessing man that like me and this cat have been working together making music like building a company you know what i mean like having people work for us like you name it and and in all this time we haven't had a single sort of moment where either one of us was looking at the other on some like yo what the fuck you know and that's I think that's a real testament to like what we are, man, that like we we made that shit work while being two very completely different yet the same people. Um, so I think I think like try to interview Fonte and ask him like the juicy part. He's been to my mama's house like Fonte, <laughs> Fonte knows like Fonte has got like Fonte's got receipts, man. Like Fonte has like several photos of photos <laughs> that, are in, that are in my mama's house of me at various ages and at various stages of, uh, you know, of, of uncoolness over the years. Of so, awkwardness. Like, would, oh, bro. Like I tell you, like he was fucking dying laughing when he saw some of that shit. So he would definitely be the dude, man. Like, and I, I know, I, I. I think you talk to you. I'm, I have no reason to believe not to. So that would be, you know, on a realistic tip, like definitely Fonte. Great, great, great. Yeah, thanks for your time, man. Um, definitely uh, always good to talk with you. Uh, what, where can people uh, find out about Foreign Exchange and your music and everything online? All right. So definitely um, anything that we do, we all got it on the, um, under, the, uh, under the umbrella of the Foreign Exchange music, which is the foreign exchange music.com that's kind of the portal to, to everything else like we got everybody's music up on spotify and apple music and itunes and all that good stuff um we're up on facebook twitter uh really we're we're literally kind of everywhere so people can um find us pretty much all over and i hope they um i hope to, that they check out the new album it, it's something that i'm very proud of i really hope to come to detroit with the guys and and um and just come and bring the show, yeah. the Glacier show, to Detroit because that that you know again like me and Detroit have had a long relationship um, at this point. I mean, Detroit was one of my one of my first shows. Was that show in '06? Like there were a couple of cities that were really early on to the early uh, early um, riders of the Nicolet train, like Detroit, Chicago. Um, you know, Atlanta, like those, like DC, those are areas where like early on, like they embraced me. So I'm really hoping to, to come to Detroit and, um, and, and play the record live. So I'll obviously we'll keep you posted. I should, I'm pretty sure you'll be DJing if that happens. So. <laughs> dude, dude, keep me posted. I would love to. Yeah, man. I, I will definitely keep you posted. I mean, we're kind of eyeing, this is going to be after the summer because it, you know, we're we're kind of setting things up the right way, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm definitely keeping you in the loop for sure. All right, great man. It's been a good talking with you, man. Kelly, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you uh, you reaching out and, and keep fighting the good fight, man. All right, thanks, man. You have a good day. All right, you do the same, brother. So that was my interview with Nicolay. Great dude. We have long history. Go ahead and pick up that uh, new album, Glaciers, via the Foreign Exchange. And also check out the Foreign Exchange website. There's a lot of good music on there from various projects. You won't, you won't, be, you, you won't be disappointed. And if you ever get a chance to check out the Foreign Exchange live on tour, definitely go check them out. Nick Lee does his uh, own solo tours every once in a while. 
check them out. You know, just keep your eyes peeled. It's always a good time. Now, this week's Fresh is the Word Pick of the Week comes from the UK-based drum and bass duo Spectra Soul. They have a new release that they uh, just dropped on their own label, Is Chat Music. It's a, a couple remixes from their uh, recent full-length album, How We Live. Uh, the first remix on there is for the track Burst, and it comes from, it's remixed by longtime drum and bass mainstay, Caliber. It's awesome. Awesome remix. And then Spectra Soul themselves give their track Say What a bit of a different vibe this, this time around. So, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, check out that, uh, that new uh, release from them. You can check out their uh, Bandcamp at spectrasoul.bandcamp.com. Or you can check them out at, um, on SoundCloud at Spectra Soul. All this stuff will be, you know, in the show notes at freshesthepodcast.com. So you can give a, list, a listen to, uh, to the new single, the remixes from the album right there on the page. And if you can, support the, uh, support the brothers. It'd be cool. Definitely a cool release that uh, definitely caught my ear uh, once it you know, got into my inbox. So cool. Thank you for uh, listening to Fresh is the Word this week. Um, just a reminder on how you can support the podcast, spread the word. You can always go to freshesthepodcast.com and just share any links that you, uh, that you see on the website on any of your social media. You can also uh, subscribe to Fresh is the Word at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn. I'll just search Fresh is the Word and it'll come up. If you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it, give, you know, give Fresh is the Word a, uh, a good review, five stars. If I, do, if I see any reviews uh, pop up, I'll definitely read them on the show. Um, if you want to follow me online, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. And I'm Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash Rensoul. And the Fresh is the Word social media accounts are Twitter is at FITW Podcast. Instagram is at Fresh is the Word Podcast. Facebook is facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. And on SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash Fresh is the Word Podcast. Well, great. That's it for the show t- uh, this week. Definitely thanks for listening, like always. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.